Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Marlin's Corner, the podcast that gives you reviews in under 30 minutes so you can get back to your day-to-day every day. Today, we're going to continue in the realm of Apple TV. We're letting Netflix deal with whatever drama they're doing because, you know, their shareholders are suing them. So while they deal with that, we're going to be in Apple TV land talking about the after party and severance. Now, the after party is a nine episode series directed by Christopher Miller, who is very familiar with uh, comedy and all things raucous and raunchy. He's uh, the man behind 21 and 22 Jump Street. And when you look at this cast, you can kind of see why it makes sense for him to helm uh, the station here. We have Tiffany Haddish, Sam Richardson, Zoe Chow, Ike Barinholtz, Ben Swartz, Ayana Glazer, and Dave Franco, to name a few. Now, what this series is about is a high school reunion that ends in a death. And every one of the classmates is a suspect. Now, when the now when the detective, played by Tiffany Haddish, grills each and every one of the former classmates, each of them gets a chance to tell their version of the story. And in choosing to do so, the story changes in order to show their perspective. And by that, I mean, cinematically, the way in which we view the same scenes over and over again shift depending on the person's uh, character. For instance, if someone's more of a romantic comedy character, what we wind up seeing are the scenes that are very playful, very lovey-dovey, very geared towards rom-com. And we see someone who comes in with more of a uh, Transformers or uh, Fast and Furious vibe, we see the lens flare and like uh, everything's focused on like aggressive aggro man dialogue. So we definitely get a chance to kind of see this being playful and played throughout the series as we get a chance to see everyone's side within these nine episodes. What's also interesting is the focus on a high school reunion who done it murder. So we've seen plenty of high school reunion movies and who done it murder mysteries and choosing to combine the two, we get a chance to see that High school is a breeding ground for alibis. Uh, In a world where, you know, there's a lot of emotion, a lot of hormones going around, uh, there definitely is a lot of aggression. And with this series in particular, we see a lot of these characters all face the same question. And that is, you know, what would I be today if I did things differently? How could I have made a better life for myself if I took a different chance with a different person. And so with each story we get, we see the individuals point blame more or less at the shows. I would say he's, you know, the unequivocal villain. uh, And that's Dave Franco's character who plays an individual by the name of Xavier. Now in the show, rightfully so he definitely does a lot of messed up things that harm and affect a lot of people. And when they, each person tells their story, they hint and touch at where in which Xavier has done something that has negatively impacted them and has made them miserable. And by making them miserable, 
he almost robs their agency from them, but more or less they relinquish their, their agency at the end of all these uh, negative moments with them. They feel like they're in a rut uh, and they kind of just steer within the life that they're in always placing the blame on him but not really choosing to do anything different with their lives and ultimately there is definitely a worry around are these characters going to have a moment where they're going to somehow realize their agency and steer things back uh in their favor and we get that once we find out who the murderer is now I'm going to be doing some spoilers to talk about the end of the series. So if you want to pause here and come back later, that is absolutely fine. Throughout the show, we get a chance to see uh, Ben Swartz's character, who we all know that Ben Swartz is hilarious. He's funny. He's goofy. He's wacky. uh, And he's definitely the favorite of this series. Uh, And as we watch and observe, everyone discuss the ways in which xavier has harmed them we don't really see that happen to ben swartz's character and when we do find out eventually that ben swartz um ultimately murdered xavier's character he gives us a story where he blames his lack of fame and lack of success on xavier And when we look at his story and we look at the story of others, we don't really see a way in which Xavier purposely purposely harmed Ben Swartz's character. We see it after the fact, meaning after he's already been famous and they've had a conversation and there's an argument going on, but we don't really see him being targeted. Instead, what we do see is Ben Swartz is a high school student who has big dreams of fame. And like most high school students, he has that dream without a plan. And he considers himself to be the main character in a bigger story. So when he graduates high school and his story doesn't work out the way in which he thought it was, the only one he can blame is the friend who he kicked out of his band. You know, Ben Swartz kicked Xavier out of his band because Ben Swartz believed that he had the talent to go solo and Xavier didn't. So upon graduation, when they go their separate ways and Xavier is the one that gets the music career, gets the movie career, gets the mansion and the money. Ben Swartz believes that his life was stolen because of Xavier. He, of course, does not acknowledge or see that Xavier as a character had wealth, had the connections already established, and then got famous. Because mind you, both of them have no talent whatsoever. They're both not great artists. But Xavier, on the other hand, is the one that has the connections in order to achieve said dreams. And instead of seeing those privileges within Xavier... Ben Swartz's character believes that he was the most wronged and he chooses to seek his revenge by murdering Xavier. And it's with this revelation that the other characters around 
this murder victim realize, oh, not only were you not targeted purposely, not only did you insert yourself into this drama, but you've been harboring this anger for so long and not really doing anything with yourself. Something that we've all been doing. We've all been harboring our anger and not really knowing how to live our own lives. And I've just been excited for this reunion and didn't really know what else to do. And so it's with the confession and arrest of Ben Swartz's character that we finally see this adjustment to every other character to acknowledge this is the way and this is how I choose to change so I can avoid being so obsessed with the past that I am unable to direct myself moving forward. It ultimately it played for a very well directed and well written show. Um, I think the only things I don't think the only like knock against it I would have is um, the flow of it felt really weird when Tiffany Haddish got to do her own backstory. Um, it felt a bit weird because we were primarily focusing on one murder and then we kind of go down the path of how Tiffany Haddish became a detective, which felt kind of strange. But Overall, I, I would knock it by one point, so I would give it an 8 out of 10. It's still entertaining. It's still funny. We'll have a great time. Sam Richardson is just adorable in this with Zoe Chow. They're just such a cute little couple, and you'll be rooting for them the whole time. But yeah, the after party, Apple TV, it is definitely a watch. Next up, we have Severance, also on Apple TV. Now, Severance is directed by Ben Stiller. Yes, that Ben Stiller, Zoolander, Mr. I Can't Turn Left, Mr. I'm Not an Ambuturner, directed this nine-episode series. Uh, And the cast is pretty great, too. You have Adam Scott, you have Zach Sherry, you have Britt Lower, John Turturro, Patricia Arquette, Trammell Tillman, and Christopher Walken. So it's a very interesting show in which the cast is also very diverse. Now, The storyline follows a character named Mark who leads a team of office workers whose memories have been surgically divided between their work and personal lives. And when a mysterious colleague appears outside of work, it begins a journey to discover the truth about their jobs. So that's a lot. It's very confusing. But let's just focus on what this show definitely talks a lot about, and that is work-life balance i know i know we've all heard it uh, it went from being you know an op-ed thing to now every person who works at every job gets told that their office respects a work-life balance uh and whether they fully mean that or not it's now a part of the zeitgeist of of work everyone says they care about it and is going to ask you about it and it's 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 now something that we all have to listen to, you know. And I think what's interesting is that we are definitely different people when we're at work versus when we're not at work, you know. When you're going to work and you're in your car and you're just like staring in your rearview mirror, or you're just sitting there like getting ready to walk in, that is definitely a transition from your outside self getting ready to turn into your work self. Um, and I definitely will think that I, I definitely do think that this whole like work life balance has absolutely been co opted by businesses in a way that 
most supports capitalism. Uh, and I mean, if you think about it, like, yeah, they'll tell you they have a work life balance, but that won't stop you from getting a Slack message after hours. Uh, that won't stop you from being told, Hey, you have a deadline and you kind of got to get it done. And if that means you work extra hours and Hey, you work extra hours. So it definitely is a term businesses will use, but not really follow. It's just something that they feel like they have to say. And this show takes that concept of capitalism and this work-life balance phenomenon to an entirely other level. This show, like I said, talks about this surgery, this irreversible surgery that splits uh, an individual's mind into two sections, your work self and your personal self. Um, your, your personal self called your Audi uh, is someone that is able to go out, get drinks, have a relationship, uh, go on hikes, just basically enjoying life. And they never have to worry about what's happening at work. They never have to worry about, oh, I have to apply to that email. They never have to worry about, oh, do I have a, do, do I have a meeting tomorrow? That's never their worry. All they have to focus on is whatever they're doing outside of work. Uh, and what's interesting is that when they choose to go into work, they step into an elevator. Uh, and if you've ever taken a selfie with a camera that does um, the dual selfie mode to the singular selfie mode, you'll you're kind of able to see how it like the dimensions of the of the image will go wider to accommodate two faces or go tighter for the one face. When they go in the elevator, the camera perspective changes. Um, so they hear this kind of low ringing and then actually, you know, they're, the camera zooms in closer and they are in their work persona. But that's basically where the Audi version person's uh, memory ends is the elevator. And once they hear that ring and are going down the elevator, the any or work person's perspective turns on. Now, if you are an any, your life is work. You wake up, quote unquote, in that elevator, you get off the elevator and you go right to work. You go into your office, you sit in your chair for eight hours a day, you do your work, uh, you check those boxes, get your water break, get your little little snack break. And when you get back into the elevator, uh, your perspective ends. And so just to kind of give you a bigger picture, your outer version, you live regular life. All you remember is getting in the elevator. And when you come to or wake back up from the other perspective, you were just exiting an elevator again and it just got darker. So you wake up, get in the elevator, and then you get off the elevator and it's dark. And when you're the any or the worker, your entire perspective is you wake up, you're in the elevator, you walk off, you go to work, you finish work, you go back to the elevator, you wake up and you walk back into work over and over again. And that is your world. As a worker, you only experience work. And what's fascinating is that with this idea, uh, there exists this, this whole other world of experiences. If you are the outer, if you're the Audi person, you experience life as per usual. You see the news, you watch TV, you know so many facts about the world around you, and that helps shape you. Versus if you're a worker, you only know those four walls. You don't know much about anything else. And so within this show, um, they talk about a way in which to 
foster community, because again, they can't leave, they have established almost a cult-like religion around the workspace, which sounds like a great thing if you are a capitalist. You now have workers who are devout followers of the company handbook, and they are devout followers of the CEO of the company. You know, on this show, the workers uh, speak highly of the CEOs, almost as if they were Jesus Christ himself. You know, they even use the company's founder's uh, name in very interesting, almost religious ways. Like we would say, oh, my God. Well, in this show, they say, oh, my Kier. And Kier happens to be the CEO. So in this world, they found a way to really indoctrinate these workers into this community because they know no other community. They tap them into the world of the office via, hey, if you want to live right, you have to live by the company bylaws or the company principles. And that's how you're a just and right worker uh, because we're all family here. And it it's creepy, right? It's it's already been creepy. Like again, we get these workers' handbooks in the regular degular, and maybe we'll keep a copy in case you want to just double check uh, the PTO rules or the sick leave rules. But it isn't something that we choose to live and breathe by, like the show does. And there are just so many other interesting things that exist in our regular world that are just so much more creepier in this world. For staff parties you know they're just even more creepier in this show because it's only five people in a room and the powers that be are really emphatically like great you need to do this party because you earned it and you need to take photos and i'm going to be here smiling at you and being extra creepy and it's just it's it adds another level of sinisterness to the show that i think really fits well and ultimately, I think what also adds to the show is towards the end, you realize that the workers, the innies, develop their own personalities and they develop a anger towards their outies. They develop jealousy. There's a certain character, Helly, who her any character and again, spoilers, her any character multiple times tries to inflict harm to herself in the hopes to elicit a response in her Audi to quit the job they work at. She even goes to so far as to hang herself in an elevator so that when the elevator goes up, she transitions back to her Audi version of herself, who now is woken up violently to being strangled. Uh, and it goes on to show you that even though they are absent of life outside of work, they still themselves have developed a life and that life feels inconsequential compared to the other version of themselves, especially when uh, the other Audi version of themselves doesn't even consider their any to be a person. They consider their any just to be a small factor or subset of their life and don't consider them worthy of worry. Like, hey, I'm living my life because I want to have fun and you are supposed to just do this thing and not complain about it. And the show takes it even further when it's even hinted that the severance could be useful in other ways. There's a character who is pregnant 
And rather than go into the physical pain of labor, this person will tap into their any to do all the harsh, emotional, physical, uh, painful aspects of labor. And then once it's all over and said and done and it's all you know taken care of and there's like been medication and there's been patching up, we'll then swap to the Audi version of herself because she doesn't want to deal with the hard things. And so now what the show is introducing to us is this other workforce that exists within one person to where they can get the most out of this person, but it's the same person, but the person has agreed to do it to the other person. And it's just such an amazing idea to consider that you could subjugate your own mental persona to be the to, to be the laborer and choose to live off of their work yourself and it's just and the more you think about it the more difficult it is because on the one hand you, it's definitely i can agree that it's kind of messed up that there's a that, that there could be a version of me that would only ever know work, that would only ever praise a CEO for keeping me in labor, and would only ever know just a very niche four walls. I would feel bad if that was if that person just did that and didn't want to do it anymore. Versus me on the outside who gets to like travel and go see trees and sees the sunrise and sees the sunset and sees stars and sees so many beautiful things. I could say that I would feel bad if there were if I did do this process and there was a version of it that was like, hey, I don't like this. I feel terrible. I feel awful. And what's worse is that once you create this person, this is a second life now. So if you choose to retire from work, that version of you won't ever uh, turn back on. Again, this is, this procedure is irreversible. That person will always be there. They will just not ever be used. They will exist in the back of my mind in a quiet, dark space forever. And that's messed up. And that, I think, is the hard part about the show is that towards the end, you are trying to figure out, I mean, you kind of know who to root for, but for the nicer characters, you're also stuck being like, oh, there's two people in this one person's body. I like them both. How are they going to deal with this? Because one of them can only have this body for so long or are they going to do like uh, every other day situation? It's such a very interesting show and I think it is worth a watch. I gave it a 9 out of 10. It is truly fascinating. I mean, Ben Stiller did a hell of a job directing this. Adam Scott does a great job acting in this. It just pulls you in. And I absolutely feel like this is definitely a critique of Amazon uh, specifically, as well as other big, huge billion-dollar companies that, that take advantage of people. Um, so, yeah, Severance, I could talk about it all day long. It's just the the idea of mental uh, – of Self-mental subjugation is just wild to me. But check it out. It is 
absolutely fascinating. Severance, nine episodes. It is a nine out of 10 show. And lastly, as we wrap up here, I got to tell you, y'all, it is a tiring, tiring time. From the Amber Heard trial to the Roe v. Wade going on, there is so much happening. I mean, even to the Ukraine still happening and Russia potentially choosing to declare actual, factual, full-fledged war. Um, We are in a very uh, stressful time right now, to say the least. With the Amber Heard thing, it always sucks when a person that is said to be a victim is not a victim. And however this plays out, I think ultimately the loser in this case is going to be any woman that chooses to uh, call out any assault on herself. Because now uh, there are cases like this that exist that make it harder for every other person to reach out and say, hey, I'm being uh, assaulted. So that sucks on that end where we should always believe victims. And, you know, I hope that however this ends, someone chooses to highlight the importance of believing victims, regardless of gender, because that ultimately needs to be said, because this is a ridiculous court hearing. Um, it's just, it's all nonsense. Front and backwards. Roe v. Wade, like, it's wild that, uh, after questioning all these uh, potential Supreme Court justices who all agree beforehand that Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus are like, hey, like, we're going to leave that at the state level that are now decided that, you know what, we're not going to leave it at the state level anymore. Now we're going to get involved. Uh, it seems very anti-conservative to have government involvement in things. So I'm very surprised that, uh, I mean, I'm not surprised. It's very interesting that conservatives are choosing to have more government in their lives. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what's going to happen moving forward with this. And with Russia moving into the Ukraine, I'm just, you know, we're, we're, we're back in the Cold War. You know, time is cyclical, y'all. We're back to where we began. Uh, it's, it's a wild time, you know, it's a wild time. And I, I am taking a break from CNN and uh, AP Politico and all types of news places and Twitter, because it's just, there, there's so many, there's so many facets of news coming in that are only attributing to uh, just the anxiety I feel about the world and everything else. So take care of yourselves, everyone. Uh, if you got therapy, go do therapy. It's fantastic. If you got a friend, talk to a friend. If you got shoes, go for a walk, you know, get some air, go for a walk. Uh, and remember, you know, your time is valuable. So choose to do with it wisely, whatever you want to do with it. If you want to play video games all day, play video games all day. If you want to watch TV, watch TV. If you want to lie down in the dark and go for a nap, hey, that's my favorite activity. Uh, but with that being said, uh, thanks for tuning in today. Uh, hopefully next week we can get back to some normal fun. Uh, and just so you know, moving forward, we're going to be releasing episodes on Saturday because I work at a summer camp and we are about to start. So uh, I'll be shooting and, do- and doing some fun editing with my editor and producer, uh, Eming, uh, on Saturday. But I'll catch you on next time, next week on Marlin's Corner for another 30-minute review or less. Y'all be good. Stay safe. We'll catch you next time back here in the corner on Marlin's Corner. Bye.
This episode of Marlin's Corner was produced in Richmond, California.